bag of four grits. Okay, let's just do this. Let's just do this quick. Okay. Uh, ask. Okay. My. Mom. What. I. Can. Want. Oh, fuck. Sorry. Us. Sorry. <laughs> my bad. My bad. My bad. <laughs> okay, what did want? you say, Keisha? Okay, I said want. Okay, ask my mom what I want for. Christmas. Please. Okay, that's good. Fine. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> I kind of like that one. Please. <laughs> Ask my mom what I want for Christmas. Well, why does he need? Does, doesn't he know? What's this story? No, he wants he wants his friend to get him something for Christmas, but he wants he gotta he can't tell them. He's got you gotta mm. ask his mom, and he's already told his mom. That's a faux pas. Yeah, it's a fox to just paw. tell your friend what you want for Christmas. A fox yeah, paw. You, you have to ask their a mom. fox paw. A fox pass. This what is if, a really fox paw right now, you guys. What if Fox News got a streaming service and they called it Fox Pass? Fox Paws. <laughs> Every time you That's paused, a really funny joke about they, the I phrase think faux Fox pas. already has. <laughs> Every time you paused it, it would go Fox Paws. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's. Um, I, Ring, 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 ring. Hello, is this Bill O'Reilly? I have so I have a million dollar idea. <laughs> is this the personal phone of Bill O'Reilly? It's Bill been O'Reilly. too long. I'm looking is for he one. Still doing Fox News. I don't think so. I don't know. I'm looking oh, yeah, for one William canceled. O'Reilly. Yeah. That's true. His name is William <laughs> O'Reilly. That's a really good Irish it's name. A, it's a good. It's a strong Irish name. Like Bill O'Reilly is like that's America, yeah, baby. Like whatever. But William O'Reilly, wow, he's <laughs> that was the, that was the name of the guy in the band tops because that potato sure. famine. Yeah, <laughs> that was Bill every guy's Riley. name in Banshees of Energy in Ed Sheeran. Cole Muldoherty and William Will- O'Reilly. William O'Reilly. <laughs> William O'Reilly. William O'Reilly. I just don't like yeah, him. Pour anymore. that guy a bowl of Lucky Charms. <laughs> I just don't. I just don't. I just don't like the left anymore. What's a good? What's a good joke? <laughs> I've never face. liked black people. <laughs> Be like, that's why. That's really why he killed that donkey. Yeah. Can I just say, uh-huh. R.E. I never liked black people. <laughs> I never liked black people. <laughs> I made that joke a solid five seconds ago. <laughs> I feel like that happens every time that Alex makes a joke. Is that we're like, yes, that was a statement. And then it hits me how funny. It's like an aftershock how funny it was. Uh, okay. I just decided I don't care about the thing I wanted to say about Banshees of Inishirin. So we're good. Right, great. Uh, cool. Okay, okay. I love Banshees of Inishirin. I love you. I love it. It's so good flick. Movie. Good flick. I was good just going to be flick. like, you want to know a small problem I have with the movie Banshees of Inishirin? And then I was like, maybe I should talk about the movie that like is the podcast we're going to do today. Yeah. Uh, and on that note. Hello. hello. And welcome to the Cool Takes Podcast. Welcome back to the Cool Takes Podcast. The only bad movie podcast where the bad movies are good, actually. Where every week, every week, right on the dot. Every single week, we watch a unpopular or unliked movie. constant in your life. Uh, (laughs) 52 movies a year. We mount a uh, a sincere and unironic defense of an unpopular or unliked movie in the hopes of successfully gaslighting our audience into having bad taste. And my name is Jackson McMurray. My name has always been and will always be Adeline McMurray. 
And I just changed my name to Keisha Rose. (laughs) (laughs) She had a previous name. You're not allowed to know what it was. You'll never know. We went back and we edited all the old podcasts. There's only Keisha now. Uh, Yeah. That's a... It's been a... so. Might not get the Kevin. (laughs) Elephant in the room. It's Uh been a hot second. That's fine. No. You know what? We do this podcast mostly for us. And I think it was stressing us out a little bit. So, and you know, things were getting complicated. So we just kind of took a step back for a little while. Took a and I think break. we just needed to to not do it for long enough for us to miss it. You yeah, know? I think yeah. that was vital. And then we missed it, and now we're back again. <laughs> it's like Stranger Things, you know? <laughs> like, because you watch Stranger Things, and you're like, wow, this is so fun. This is so exciting. And then, like, Two weeks after it's done, nobody's talking about it anymore for some reason. <laughs> and then, like, a year goes by. They still haven't come out with a new one. And then another six months goes by, and you're like, what is up? Where is Stranger Things? Where are my friends, Will and Benny, Derek? And gay one. And gay boy. I, uh, he dresses like Will a sailor. <laughs> and uh, like, yeah. Steve. Uh, the girl with her waffles, uh, the whole gang. I miss them so much. I only watched a few episodes, but there was a girl I liked in that, in those episodes. But I don't hear about her very much anymore, so I'm pretty certain she was killed pretty early in the show. <laughs> but I would like to see her again. Maybe they should bring her back. Emma? What was her name? Barb? She was like oh, the yeah, kind of she's dead. the kind of frumpy, uncool friend. Yeah, she's so dead. Oh, Everybody yeah. wanted her to come back, and they are not bringing her back. And now she's Sierra Burgess is a loser. Oh, that's Netflix her original movie. Yeah, oh. and that movie's bad. Yeah, I've oh. heard that is that not a, bad. that's a, that's not a, that isn't a cool take. That that movie's bad <laughs> <laughs> um, because it's like. Oh boo hoo! I'm ugly because I'm kind of tall and like not conventionally attractive, and so that's why I'm allowed to be mean to people. And then Question also mark? I can. <laughs> Is that the plot of that movie? Yes, and then also because she's like texting. What's his name? Tall boy. What's his name? Tall girl. Um, is the love interest in all of the Netflix movies? Yeah, Noah like Centineo. <laughs> Noah Centineo. Oh, it was him. She, he like yeah. He gets his yes. It is. Oh, God. He gets her number by accident. Um, and is like texting a girl he thinks is somebody else. And so then they're texting, 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 and then they call each other. And then he's like, okay, I, oh, I would like to meet you in person, random person. And instead of telling him the truth, she just tricks him and then kisses him without his permission. It's Whoa. so crazy. Oh. So you've just, so they just reinvented what an incel was, but they just made it a girl. So that's fine. Yeah, but, like, fully, like, she gets the, like, popular cheerleader girl to go out on a date with him. She's never even had a conversation with him in real life. And then he, she's like, close your eyes. And then Barb crawls out from underneath the truck, kisses him <laughs> while his eyes are closed, <laughs> and leaves. That's fucked up. That's does fucked she, up, like, is it, Does she just, it's like, really crawls bad. out, and she's, like, covered in slime, and then she, like, kisses him. Yeah. And then she cackles yeah. and then on crawls the back and the under the truck. And she's like hanging she's so upside down ugly. from the bottom of the truck, and the truck yeah. drives away, and we never see her again. A hundred percent. And then, <laughs> and then he finds out, and she's like, "I had to do it because you're attractive, and it's not you don't know what it's like to be ugly and play the clarinet in band. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what it's like to be a band kid. You don't know." And then she, she does have the clarinet in the posters. Song. I forgot about that. <laughs> and then she writes a song. 
She's like, this, here's my apology. She doesn't actually apologize for real, for real. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. People, she writes a song and she's like, it's hard because every other girl is a rose and I'm a sunflower, a little funny. Maybe if I was, <laughs> wasn't was ugly, you would like me. Oh, so, I, so the <laughs> premise shit. here is that not just that she's ugly, but that she is the only ugly girl on planet earth yeah the only she's ugly like, girl on planet earth yeah, yeah she's not like other girls she's an uggo she she's not like other ugliness. girls she's ugly yes <laughs> <laughs> because she's in band and she has curly red hair oh god come on is this is it 1978 what are we doing yeah i just it's a bad movie. An anyway ugly girl i know she's that we got, are trying like not red to... hair like what the fuck is that yeah oh she's got freckles <laughs> oh my she plays, god um, she plays um, some fucking instrument, the some clarinet, I guess. Some fucking stupid ass, you know. It's like a flute, but black, and made out of wood, you know. The one. Uh, yeah, so, exactly. hey, guys, guys, knock, knock. I know Hello. that we said we weren't going to talk about another movie at the beginning, but. <laughs> we, we needed a moment to talk about Netflix's so, very good movie. Okay, anyway. Knock, knock. Hello. Who's there? Knock, uh, sorry, knock, knock. Hello. Who's there? Dave Bautista. Oh, good. I'm happy to see you, Dave. Dave Bautista who? Dave Bautista talk about a really good movie today <laughs> on the podcast. Ooh. Dave oh, Bautista. I'm, I'm about, Bautista talk about, about a good movie talk- yes, on the podcast today. It was important to me that I do an actual knock-knock joke and not just say something stupid. That was what I came up with. It, it, yeah, it wasn't stupid. That's for sure. That's the part that we nailed, and that it wasn't stupid. Uh, so today we are talking. Okay, so we're talking about Knock at the Cabin today, which is good as fuck. And moreover, knock knock knocking on cabin's door. <laughs> That's extremely good, Keisha. <laughs> But moreover, I think Keisha and I have an obsession with the films of Minaj Night Shyamalan. We love him. And Philadelphia's Jewel. Frankly, he has pretty much gotten a bad rap since like day one. Like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the entire time I've been alive, I feel like the rap on M. Night Shyamalan has always been like, oh, he made The Sixth Sense, but he then he kind of blew it. He made one good movie. He made yeah. one good movie, and then he kind of yeah. blew it, and now he just sucks and, like, has whatever, lost whatever magic he had. And I was like, oh, I, people say that. It must be true. And I watched The Sixth Sense at some point. I was like, damn, that movie does rock. That does rule. And then that I, is good. And then I watched Unbreakable, and people were like, that's his other one that's kind of good. I was like, okay. And I watched Unbreakable. I was like, yeah, that is good. And then I never really came back around until I watched Split, and I was like, oh, that ruled. And then I watched Glass, and I was like, that's good, too. And then I went back, and I watched watched Signs, and I was like, that's great. And then I watched The Village, and I was like, this also rules. And I was like, hey, maybe uh, M. Night Shyamalan just rocks. And, like, everybody's just dumb about it, is my stance. Yeah, everybody else is stupid, actually. (laughs) Actually, did you know? There's only Um, one good opinion, it's ours. Yeah. We did, how much did we talk about this when we did our happening commentary track? I, I'm gonna be real with you. How, I think how, I blacked out during that recording because I don't remember. I don't a think thing we talked about, about it because movie. the happening is not very good. No, yeah, <laughs> we weren't. We weren't coming yeah. to his defense during the happening. That's for sure. We said, <laughs> yeah, no, well, when we were deciding what movie to watch, we said, Adeline, please watch the happening because it's actually so bad it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna hate this. Let's put it on. <laughs> um. 
Keisha, what was your what was your earliest M Night experience? Um, I think probably it was actually when when I saw oh 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 I saw the last Airbender and that was the mm-hmm. first movie that mm-hmm. I saw, which is unfortunate because it <laughs> I think is that might also good... be true of me. It's not remember. a good adaptation think... of the of the TV show, and I loved it as a child, so I walked out of the movie very disappointed. Uh-huh. I think but you and Dad my... saw that movie, Jackson, because I don't remember ever seeing that movie in theaters. Yeah, that's true. I do remember I saw that with, with, with my father. I remember I saw it with my mom, because my sister and I had watched a TV show, obviously, and then my mom hadn't really seen it, and she was, like, crying, and we were like, why are you crying? And she was like, it was so moving when he was, because the, the water wall represented his emotions. And I was like, yeah, but it wasn't as good as the show. Right. Like, they actually do it way better. But it was actually it's... just bad. Yeah. So, yeah, I got into Last Airbender a little bit late. Um, I don't mm. think it was until I was in, like, middle school or high school. Because I remember I watched oh. it on um, Netflix originally. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um. And I remember I saw the movie before I had watched the show. Um, and I don't remember a lot about it, except that as a, whatever, 10-year-old, I was very impressed by the visual effects. I was mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. that water looks crazy. How did they get the water to do that? I was, like, very impressed on that front. It is... Mm, fair. I would I would make the case that I think M. Night Shyamalan's Last Airbender might be the least liked movie ever in history ever. of all time. Because here's I've the thing never... about that movie. It, people that loved Avatar hate that movie because it completely ruined the thing that they loved. It's a horrible adaptation. It didn't do any of the things they wanted it to do. Uh, and then everybody else on the planet didn't like it just because it was a bad movie that wasn't very good. <laughs> so, like, this movie's right. literally for no one. It's, like, not even, like, a good movie but a bad adaptation. It's just bad. It's just not good. Yeah. There's, there's some part of me, because I've never revisited it. I've never watched it having seen the television show. There's some little part of me deep down that's always like, what if it's not really so bad? What if we were all just being dorks fine? about it? Yeah. But I've literally, like, people who don't even care about the show, I've literally never heard anybody say a single good thing about it. And yeah. I'm like, there's yeah. some, I'm like, I'm sure it's bad. It must be bad. But, like, there's always some little piece of me deep down that's like, but what if it's good? What if but it's what actually if? good? I think it's just one of those things that it's like, it's there's so much that happens and it, because it's a like a kids TV show people just expect it to not be like super complex so you know like we can make this into a movie right. but it's so there's it's so dense that like trying to fit it into 90 minutes it's just no matter what you do it's just not going to be good because there's way too much that you have to fit in for it to make sense yeah there's maybe too much that content. should be our so, like, next you can't just jump yeah. in Maybe we, that should be our next commentary track, is we can watch Last Airbender. Just to oh, see. Okay. Just to we see. Can we, we can try. Gotta... Just to see. Just to see. Just Why to don't, see. How about this? We do regular episodes about the good M9 movies, and then we do commentary tracks about the bad ones. <laughs> about the bad show. ones. All right. I like, that's a good, <laughs> that's that's good a great compromise. Um, so I wanted there... to... Oh, hold on. Yeah, go ahead. 
So I wanted to share my uh, watching experience for Knock at the Cabin Door. Because first of all, free movie. Thank you, Keisha. Really appreciated yes. it. Yes. So did not spend don't, a don't, don't, no, Caroline, shut up. We broke the law. <laughs> oh, you're Do right. Do not put that on the podcast. Okay, the funniest <laughs> thing about that is, okay, so I, Keisha sends me the ticket. I'm like, should I be worried? Are they going to, like, check my ID and, like, make sure it's me? And Keisha was like, no, they literally <laughs> never do that. And I was like, okay. So I go in to watch the movie. And he's like, hey, I need to check your ID because it's a rated R movie. And I was like, oh, fuck, he's going to find me out. I'm going to get in trouble. I show him my ID. He goes, yep, over 18. And then I just walk into the movie. So whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they literally don't care. I don't think they any don't pers- give- no, no movie theater employee would care about that. Like, give a single shit. Yeah. But so I go into the theater at first, I'm like, oh, I'm all alone. This is fun. I like being all alone in the movie theater. I get to just, I don't even talk. I just like that I'm alone in the movie theater. Uh, I sit there <laughs> for a little bit. Right before the movie starts, when, like a 50 to 60-year-old woman comes in by herself and sits like two seats away from me. I'm like, all right, cool. She doesn't make a single sound during the entire movie. The credits start, and she immediately gets up and leaves. I have no clue what her perception of that movie was. I don't know what's up with her. She saw it. She, she saw it. it at, like, 3 p.m. on a Tuesday. She was like, you know what? I'm going to see Knock at the Cabin. And then she had seemingly no emotional responses and then got up so quickly to get out of the theater. <laughs> It seems like she didn't like it, maybe. Here's the thing. Yeah. So, maybe she's one of those reviewers. Yeah, so this be. movie has been getting kind of um, wrecked, critically. And yeah, boo. frankly, uh, I won't stand for it. I mean, not even just critically. It is like, it's just not well-liked. People don't like it. The people I work with at the movie theater don't like it. Everybody who saw it was like, oh, that was a real piece. And I was like, no, you're wrong. It's stupid. And then they said, Jackson, we don't want to hang out with you anymore. And I was like, well, good, because I don't want to hang out with you good. either. Because you're Here's the stupid. thing. My, my thinking is that it, there are two major ways in which it loses different kinds of people. I think you lose a majority of people because it is about a gay couple. I think you lose you lose some people with that. And then I think you also lose some people. Because it is an apocalypse movie. It is a fully biblical apocalypse. It is not a pl- it's not zombies, it's not a big meteor is going to hit the earth. It's not 2012. It's literally like we have seen visions of the end from capital G God and the world is going to end. And I think that also loses some people. So I think we right. lost everybody unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that's uh let me let me ca- do the tally um everyone 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 doesn't like it uh, except for me I like that quite a bit so I like it a lot so uh so modern M Night is the, the I'm obsessed with the narrative of M Night's career oh yeah because like even though you know I just said I really like Signs I really like The Village I think those are good movies but like basically. M. Night makes six cents. He makes Unbreakable. Signs is a big hit, but people are a little lukewarm on it. Village is kind of a major flop that, you know, has a pretty mixed critical reception. Uh, Lady in the Water is kind of his first, like, major, like, flop that, like, people really don't like. Um, I've never and, even like, heard every, of that movie. Like, basically every movie he makes after six cents is a little bit less successful, a little bit less liked. Like, just a little bit you know, by any, like, metric of, like, public 
you know, popularity, just a little bit worse than the last one. Um, until he hits, uh, like absolute rock bottom with this, like this, like trilogy of movies that I think is so hysterical, which is, uh, the happening last airbender after earth. Like those three movies back to back are like truly like three of the worst American (laughs) Hollywood movies ever made. Like (laughs) those are like three insanely (laughs) bad movies. And it, the thing that happens after that is uh, he decides, okay, something is clearly not working here. If <laughs> I'm going something. to, I mean, I've heard I've heard dozens of stories of people saying literally that uh, when there's a trailer for a movie and they put the name M Night Shyamalan on the screen, that it gets laughs from audiences. Like there was a time oh when M Night was like so notorious as a bad director. That he was just, it was impossible for you to, like, engage with one of his products without having to confront that, like, he's bad and people don't like him and he's he a bad director now. He made that happening and we all saw yeah. it. <laughs> he like, fell I down the, the stairs and we all watched the full process of him falling. <laughs> right. I think the thing that was especially, um, I hear the story a lot about the trailer for, um... What was that? I think it was just called Devil. He didn't direct it, but he produced it. Oh, yeah. It was the movie about, like, a demon that's in an elevator, and that was, like, the pitch. The elevator is the devil. I like that. I'm scared of elevators. Uh, I like that. (laughs) But it was, like, produced by M. Night Shyamalan. And I think it was, like, months after Last Airbender came out, and I heard a lot of stories about people just laughing at that, being like, why why would you tell us that? You should have kept that a secret. Yeah. but, like, so, okay, so he's, like, at rock bottom. It's a disaster. Like, he can't, you know, he can't get arrested in Hollywood. So, what he does is he just starts paying for his own movies out of his own pocket. He <laughs> self-finances a movie called The Visit, um, which I haven't seen. I've been told is pretty good. I have. Do, I have. Yeah? It's so fun. What's your take on The Visit? <laughs> My take on The Visit is... It's it's a little it's a little wild. It's a little crazy. <laughs> it's not like because I feel like horror movies recently have like been respected more than they have in the past like oh, twenty absolutely. years, right? Yeah, because people are like actually like putting time and effort and energy into them instead of producing like cheap whatever garbo, right? Um, <laughs> so it's not like it's not like a <laughs> like a get out or anything like that, right? But it's. It's a lot of. It's very wild. It's a lot of fun. I've. I'm, I've I'm excited told, to dig into it. I've been told, and this is my roommate's opinion. I have been told that it is hilariously not funny, because or not scary. <laughs> oh right. Hilariously not scary because there's that scene that was in every single trailer where the grandma walks into the room and she's like, "Could you go back to the back of the oven to clean it? I promise I won't turn the <laughs> oven on, sweetie. Just go, just get all up, get crawl on in there." Uh, and it's in the trailer, and you're yeah. like, "Oh no, Grandma's gonna turn on the oven. That's so scary." <laughs> she's definitely. And then apparently, turn on the I bet she and, doesn't turn on the oven. I bet she does. Well, here's <laughs> the thing. So I, I, this is my what I've been told about that scene is that she uh, doesn't turn on the oven, uh, and then and then the scene ends. <laughs> so <laughs> use that information as you will. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds like a good flick. Uh, <laughs> But truly, like, I think Split becomes, like, as much as that movie has a complicated legacy in a lot of ways, like, 
There was a lot of discourse discourse. at the time and after, yeah. And yeah, even today it's hard to talk about Split. But like, it that is a movie that was a critical and commercial success fully and completely. That was a movie where like the trailer came out and, you know, it's they saw M. Night Shyamalan, but then they saw the trailer and they were like, that looks kind of good. And then like it got really good reviews. And like, you know, that was the movie that fully and completely was like, M. Night is back now. Like... M. Night figured it out. He made this great thriller with James McAvoy that people are talking about. It was, like, a big deal when it came out. And, like, that was, like, the moment that was, like, his comeback. And then he made Glass that people are kind of mixed on. I think think generally kind of mixed positive on. Um, And then Old is, like, him, like, tanking himself again. People don't like that movie at all. Even though... Even though they're wrong. A masterpiece. I... The old episode is kind of our white whale on this podcast. We'll get around to it eventually. Because as much as I I... love talking about old and hearing about old (laughs) and experiencing old, I am dreading actually sitting down and watching it. (laughs) I need for us to talk about old. It's actually, it it chips away at my soul. (laughs) Like a a seashell on the shore. Of a beach that makes you old. When we stopped doing this podcast about six months ago, that was literally our next episode on the docket. Was <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know it was. Uh-oh. I'm aware of what was next. I'm, I'm aware of what was taken from us. And you know what? I think God. I think God sent us a sign. I'm not Shyamalan reference because right. two, two. It was we needed to be refreshed and renewed to be talking about old in the way that it deserves. Right. <laughs> And so people don't like old, and now there's this new movie, Knock at the Cabin, which people also don't like. I feel like M. Night's image has been partially rehabilitated. But it's like I going think, back down again, is the thing. I don't think he, he's definitely not like a laughing stock anymore. No. I think I think people are kind of aware that he like had a comeback and is like, you know, respectable again. But I think people still, but I think it's, you know, still kind of like, I don't know, man. Like, are we going to really go see an M. Night Shyamalan movie this weekend? Like, yeah. Um, but the thing about Knock at the Cabin is that it was the first movie to take the number one box office spot from one Avatar The Way of Water. Hell yeah. This February. As, and that's uh, that makes sense in my fantasy. <laughs> I love both of those movies. Yeah, they're both so good. They're both good. Um, <laughs> also, the fact that we, we picked a terrible time to stop doing this podcast because we haven't done an Avatar 2 episode. No. What's up no, with that? It's so freaking dumb. I know. How did we not dumb. do that? We're like the only people that know. like that movie, too. <laughs> That's not true. I, I don't it's know. Not for best people, picture. People do love that movie, it. but every person that I talk to is like, "Yeah, Avatar: Way of Water. Yeah, uh huh, so good." They always make fun of me, and I'm like, "Listen, it was good. It was a good movie. CGI <laughs> was great. Conflict. I like that it was The Incredibles. No. That's what I like about it." <laughs> no, people like it. People like it. And people like that movie. Okay, an easy thing to uh 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 forget about. Uh. He also uh, wrote and directed. I mean, he has a lot of collaborators on that show because it's a TV show and it's a lot of work. But the show is called M Night Shyamalan's Servant oh, on Jackson Apple TV. Is all about that show. Jackson is so in just, on Servant. It's so good, that. and it just I'm ended. Not, I missed it. Season four just ended. I think it was literally this week. I'm not all the way caught up on it, but that show is so good, and it's where he met his muse, Rupert Grint. 
<laughs> who appears to just be like His M. Night's favorite. new guy. Yeah. And yeah, as he should be. Like Rupert Grant is um, a f- because of we miss Bruce Willis. Sorry, Bruce. We Willis. do miss Sorry. Bruce Willis. He's doing well. Well, he I also doing well. He hadn't really worked with Bruce Willis in a long time since Glass either. Like, I don't know. M. Night doesn't really have, like, like a, a like, like, featured players. Like, his first two now movies were with Bruce, and then he had another Bruce movie way later. And then he had two movies with Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah. So you're like, I guess that's kind of something. And then he had two movies with Joaquin Phoenix. He did, he did. And it felt like that was going <laughs> to be something, and then it wasn't. Thank you for which Joaquin. <laughs> yeah, in popular culture, which Joaquin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Um, There's just so many Joaquins. Every other but, guy is Joaquin. <laughs> but now I really I really hope that Rupert Grint like just completely becomes M Night's guy because he is so good in both of the M Night projects he's in. The thing about Servant is that like episode one, Rupert Grint shows up, he's like, I'm Rupert Grint, go fuck yourself. I'm from Philadelphia and I drink a lot. <laughs> and you're like, yo, this is great. Rupert! I mean, <laughs> like, it's him instantly. Like, I wonder if there's a little bit of the, like, people know me from Harry Potter, I gotta swerve away. But, like, yeah. every yeah. scene that Rupert Grint is in in Servant, he is drinking wine like a crazy person. <laughs> like, <laughs> he is, like, just guzzling wine. And part of the show is that, like, it revolves around a family and the husband is, like, a chef and they're wealthy and they have, like, very refined taste. So he's always, like talking about wine and has very refined like just wine drinking tastes. wine but he is also just like guzzling wine like all of the time it's so good how do you yeah. do you guys I, okay i'm convinced i'll watch it yeah it's so good um so uh i guess we ought to get into the actual movie itself now huh? yeah. the meat the meat gotta get into the actual cabin um adeline is this your First M night? I guess the happening. No, because we watched M. that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so crazy! You've never seen Six Sense? I haven't seen Six Sense. No, not yet. Oh, you would love the Six Sense. I, pro- I know that's that so I probably would. It, it seems like my type of ghost movie, where the ghosts are just like fun. They're just nice. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, they're not fun. They're deeply well, sad. Well, yeah, yeah. but they're, they're not. All, and some they're of them not are kind of mean. I guess is what I mean. <laughs> they're well, all um, children who have died, so yeah. that's one thing. But <laughs> my well, favorite ghost. Oh, fun. do you want to say your favorite ghost on the count of three? Your favorite ghost from the Sixth Sense. Um, one, two, two, three. The one little lady. girl under the bed. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys so do fast. not. You, don't you guys do not have mind reading powers. I knew immediately. You don't. No, it wasn't to say, we, I didn't want us to say the same ghost. I wanted us to have, to have different oh, ghosts. Okay. But my favorite ghost in the sixth sense is, spoiler alert, there's a woman. There's like, they're like waiting in traffic. He and his mom are waiting in traffic. And her, his mom's like, I I hope nobody got hurt. And then oh, <laughs> that's right. like, somebody got hurt. And because <laughs> there's just like a woman who just got into an accident with a bicycle helmet on standing outside the window. <laughs> 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 She, he's just like, hmm, yeah, yeah, so, about that. So <laughs> anyway, so knock at the cabin. <laughs> Here's so the knock at the cabin. It, it takes advantage of a lot of my favorite M Night isms, uh, in the sense that like he loves these movies that are kind of about uncertainty. Oh, yeah. Like, a lot of his movies, there's this weird thing where it's like, here's the premise of the movie, probably. Maybe. And, like, the characters in the movie are like, is this, 
like my favorite is Unbreakable, where it's like he survives this train crash, and he's like, "Am I a superhero?" And then he starts lifting weights, and he's like, "Maybe I'm a superhero." And he's like talking to his wife. He's like, "Have you ever noticed that I might be a superhero?" And she's like, "No." And he's <laughs> like, like, "What the maybe? fuck are you think, talking about?" <laughs> he's like, "I think maybe I'm a superhero." And kind of the whole movie goes by, and you never really get a straight answer one way or the other whether or not he is in fact a superhero. It's kind of the best. Um, <laughs> And then, like, Signs is like, oh, aliens. You did get a confirmation of the aliens in Signs, but a lot of the movie is like, are there yeah. aliens? Aren't yeah, there is aliens? It really? Yeah. Um, and, like, uh, uh, the thing about this movie that I think there's a lot of discussion about this movie that I think, at least to me, sort of, like, glosses over what I actually like about it, which is that, like, it provides you a lot of evidence in a lot of different directions about whether mm-hmm. or not there's going to be a biblical apocalypse in the way that the characters in this movie describe. Are trying to tell you that it's going to happen, yeah. And then near the end of the movie, it and, you know, spoilers for Knock at the Cabin. Obviously, obviously. yeah. Also, maybe I should just explain the premise, because maybe some people don't even know what we're talking that's about. That's fair, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. Uh, the they, whole... Not a lot of... Everybody knocked at the cabin. <laughs> so there's this uh, Keisha. cabin. Keisha, why don't you tell us about this cabin? Okay, get into this. <laughs> opening, opening credits. Ooh, apocalypse is coming. Paper clip, paper, paper, newspaper clips. Ooh, scary, scary. We love a classic opening. Everybody loves a classic scary opening. Scary drawings, lots of scary drawings. I'm just saying, I'm just saying they did it in Malignant and it was great. They did it in this movie and it was great. True. And if you didn't like either of those movies, you're just stupid. And you <laughs> Man, you're in the wrong place. Do you remember we that? are so I'm hot so today. We Another are so angry. <laughs> No, because I was just going to say that (laughs) when we first started this premise, we were like, oh, we need to, like, encourage people to like things. Like, it's a very positive remind them that, like, oh, like people put time and effort and energy into movies and you can always find something you'll like. And now we're just like, we like this and you're stupid. If you don't like (laughs) it, you don't like it, fuck you. (laughs) You're actually an idiot and we're smart and you're not. Anyway, all if this you're like knocking the cabin, I don't think you should be able to vote. Frankly, <laughs> you shouldn't be able to own land. That's for sure. We got it. We're, give me your driver's license. I'm cutting this yeah. in half. <laughs> you're in danger to yourself and others. Give me that. You, you don't know how to pay taxes. <laughs> you can't be trusted to pay taxes. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so there's a little Asian girl just like me. I'm a little Asian. <laughs> And she's picking flowers, picking daisies. All of a sudden, she sees a little, sh- a strange man. Who, oh, is that Dave Bautista? Is that the biggest it man is. alive, Dave Bautista? And he's like, size of Hercules? He's like, just, he said, hey, little girl. I like you, little girl. Um, We could be friends in another life. I actually, I'm your friend, and those guys aren't your friends. And sorry. And she's like, peace out, dude. Bye. I'm catching bugs, but I'm done now. She runs to her two gay dads who are renting this cabin in the woods. That's a different movie. Good movie still, too. Also, good other, cab- other good cabin Other good movie. cabin movies. Other good cabin movies. We've got a lot, of, a lot of good cabin movies out there. Anyway, she's like, there's some strangers in the woods, and they're, like, drinking because they're on vacation or whatever, and they're like, whatever, and then they hear knock, 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 and they're like, oh, crap. And then they lock the guys out of the four goons out of the cabin they say don't come into our cabin and then they barge into the cabin bam a fight a fight a fight the four guys they tie up the family and they they sit them down and they say 
hey, sorry, this is so <laughs> awkward. But it's kind of like that. The it's thing so is that it's there are four different people: Dave Bautista, Ron Weasley, a woman, and another woman. <laughs> <laughs> Two women, and they're like, I know that we sound crazy, but we're actually not crazy. I'm a nurse. I have a family, and they keep naming all of these things about themselves. I'm a baseball all coach. Four very different people, and there are some of them are kind, some of them are not. But they say, "Listen up, little family. We're so sorry, but we have all had the same visions of the apocalypse happening, and they've all been the exact same thing. And we don't know each other. Our visions have led us to each other, and now they've led us to you. And the thing is that you have to kill." one of your family members and they have to agree to it otherwise uh the apocalypse is gonna happen and it's gonna be your fault and you have to be okay with it otherwise it doesn't count and then they're like what and events transpire and the like the catch is that every time they ask one of the four people they ask the family are you will you do this can you do this for the world (laughs) they say Every time they say no, they go, uh, the, a decision. What, what is the line? A decision has been they made. Go, is that what they say? They're like, well, a they're part like, of humanity like, has been judged. Like, yeah. Mm, that's the oh, one. Yeah. That's the yeah. One. Adeline. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's it's most recent in her. Yeah. Brain. Adeline it is. You are the one. She only saw it like three who... weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. I've just been thinking about but it then, though. It's, but then, so like one of them has to die. Bam. Death to you. And then. <laughs> And then immediately, like a disaster They'll happens. They'll turn on the news. And they turn on the they it's turn on the news. And there's like a giant tsunami, or like an earthquake, or a, like freaking planes are falling out of the sky. And they're like constantly quoting like these visions that they've had. They're like, "The sky will fall in flames," and it's so it's so it's sick. So and so every sick. the family, so like it's. But then at the same time, this family they're two gay dads, two gay dads. And so they're like, oh, these guys are just homophobic and they are trying to kill us. They've been tracking us down because they want to hate crime us. And then the whole time they're like, we're not hate criming you. Um, I promise. Believe us, we but promise we are. it's not a hate um, crime. There's something very <laughs> funny about ha- how like defensive Dave Bautista gets because he's just like, we promise it's not a hate crime. Like, <laughs> just, <laughs> I, oh but my then, God, oh, I'm so, so sorry. Good. It's not a hate crime. <laughs> Well, I hated it. <laughs> but it's but that's the basic premise. So now yeah. we can get into the yeah. What so, I love I, I, I what I love so much because it starts off because like obviously you are on the side of the family. You're like, what the fuck is going on? These people sound crazy. And so they say, okay, so like it, the first time you say no, there's gonna be a plague. And they're like, okay, whatever. And then they, one of them dies, they turn on the news, and they're like, oh my god, coronavirus, everyone is dying. And then one of them is like, okay, well, we've known about this virus for a long time, we knew it was happening, this is pre-recorded, we, you knew that this was gonna happen, you're just setting us up to believe you. And they're like, no, I promise, it's not. And they're like, whatever. And then they kill the second one, and they're like, okay, now it's gonna be a tsunami. And they open the news, and there's the huge, most terrifying fucking tsunami. They really capture how fucking it's scary. It's so scary. And that just, like, giant wall of water that just, like, decimates. It's horrifying. 
Uh, but then he's like, that was pre-recorded too. You guys know what's going on. And then the next one, they're like, the fingers of God are going to set fire to the earth and the sky will crumble. And they turn on the news and there's airplanes fucking falling out of the sky. And it's cool as fuck. And then there's a shot where they walk out of a cabin. Because there's still that moment of disbelief. Of like, it's still just on the TV. We still don't have real physical proof that these things are happening. Like, like we knew that this earthquake was going to happen or like the tsunami was going to happen. This is just what happened. And even if planes are spontaneously flying out of the sky, this could be a lie. It's just a TV program. And then they walk outside and you see like through the clouds, you see this like airplane just in a death spiral, like in the corner of a frame as it like crashes near them. And it's so fucking sick it rules it's so scary and there's like lightning crashing as it's like oh the fingers of god setting fire to the earth and it's these lightning bolts just like being crazy it's like oh it rules it's so good so here here's the thing i like so one of the things that i like most about m night as a writer is that he is really really unflinching when it comes to like existential dread Oh like, yeah. Oh yeah. I was watching I was watching Signs the other day and I was like so shocked at like how much he's kind of willing to go there in a way that a lot of other movies don't. Um cuz that whole movie is about like Mel Gibson like dealing with the death of his wife and like every time they talk about it he's like I am a priest but I've lost my faith in God and I believe there is no afterlife and I believe my wife is gone forever. And, like, every time they come back to it, he's, like, more and more... They keep... The narrative in that movie is there's these, like, flashbacks where they keep flashing back to him. And, like, his experience of, like, finding out his wife has died. And eventually Mm -hmm. they get to this point where he's literally talking to his wife, who has been, like, bisected on a tree. Um, And he has to, like, talk to her and, like, sort of coach her through her final moments before they, like, remove whatever has chopped her in half and she just dies. Yeah. And, like, he just cons Like, M. Night has this capacity to just push further and further into that kind of thing. Like, way past where any other director would. I think that's really true of old. Um, oh, yeah. And I think that, like, a lot of his movies are just kind of about having a family during climate change. Like, I don't want to talk about oh, it yeah. too much, <laughs> but that is a lot of what M. Night is playing with, with a lot of his uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, work, especially in the last decade, but even way before that. And, like, yeah, to me, the thing about this movie in particular is that I feel like it is playing on just the experience of being alive in the time that we are yeah like this experience of it feels like every time you turn on the news there's some horrific thing we have lived through 9-11 we've lived through the novel coronavirus we've lived through like so many like horrific disasters in so many different like disparate ways and there's this thought of like is is this the end of the world like, mm-hmm. when we turn mm-hmm. on the TV and every day it's a different thing of the same magnitude. Like, are we are we just, like, kidding ourselves that this isn't just the end of the universe, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think that is the emotional experience that this movie is 
playing on the most. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. I don't want to like harp on that for too long because this is a fun haha podcast. I don't <laughs> want to be kind a of a big bummer. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> but like you know, and whatever you think about that, I feel like that is just the instinct of like what you know what we all have to think about. You know, and yeah. I also think that you know. I think a lot of people in a lot of time periods feel that way. There's a really great John Green TikTok where he talks <laughs> about, like, the shit that happened between, like, 1900 and 1950. And oh, you're yeah. like, oh, damn, that was crazy. Yeah. So much like, fucking <laughs> stuff. So much. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, and that's just the experience that I think this draws on. In that same way, like, he is, like, I don't know. M. Night is so interested in existential dread. And oh, yeah. he's, like, not... I don't want to say he's not afraid of it because clearly he's very afraid of it. <laughs> but, like, he, he he's knows not afraid how to of... talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And like, uh, well, so... and that's what's like good about this movie too is that it's not like the the perspective only is from the family. Right. Like, you never actually see like the, the four mm-hmm. people coming together, or like you don't see. Like, other than, like, the news clips, you're watching the news as they are watching the news. So it's very much the way that we are experiencing all of these things as well. Like, I I mean, everyone has their own personal experience with, like, trauma or, like, hardship or whatever. But, like, for the most part, we're just, like, watching the news and we're stuck inside our homes. And, like, that is how we experience, like, learning about these things. So it's very... Interest and like so captivating the way that he films it still. Oh yeah, right. like it's very, it's so good. I think and it's so pretty. I think another thing that lost people is what we love about it: the fact that you are only in that cabin and only seeing outside stuff through the TV. I think that lost some people where they were like, "Oh, so we're only in the cabin the whole movie. We're not going anywhere else." And I talking about the legacy of M Night. I mean, he did become the plot twist guy. Like that's just what he got. Yeah, it's as. so weird. And so this isn't a plot twist movie at all. We tell you exactly yeah. what's happening in the trailer. <laughs> the opening of the movie is all right. Here's what's happening, and then the movie is: Are they lying to you? What's actually happening? <laughs> mm-hmm. But like right. we told you, we told you what's happening. Wreck It Ralph, they told you, and like it's just. I think people were kind of got frustrated with that, where it's like, okay, can we talk about something else? Can we do something else? And it's like, no, we are trapped in the cabin. We are trapped in this world. We are trapped in this situation. We have to play it out all the way till the end. And the only time we get to cut away from that is when we are getting background on the family and going back into their memories. And then of then, again, the whole perspective of watching the world end and just like being trapped in your home and seeing it. And then that being amplified in being a minority where suddenly those tragedies that you see feel very pointed towards you as we've lived right. through black lives matter and every pride riot and all that stuff and all the homophobia and all the shit that JK Rowling just said, Oh my God. And like, it just, <laughs> it just becomes so like, so pointed. It be, feels like you versus the world. And like so much of what the family's like arc is in that movie is kind of dealing with that of after going through so much just fucking constantly like what does that do to you how does that affect how you see the world are you right to see the world that way like is this fucking fair at all the answer is no it's not fucking fair like it's just so good it's so good this movie i think has like so, so this was one of the things I was trying to say a little bit earlier that I kind of got derailed on. But, like, 
I feel like a lot of people's, when they talk about, when they criticize this movie, one of the things they say is like, that, you know, eventually the intruders are vindicated and it turns out that there is actually an apocalypse. Mm -hmm. To which I say, kinda not really. I think, like, the, the thing that I like the most about it is that it plays with this idea that, like, then all of a sudden the evidence starts to turn pretty strongly towards them. It mm-hmm. really seems like there's an apocalypse. Like, something mm-hmm. really bad is happening. But they end up caving to their demands. They kill Jonathan Groff and uh, uh, the other guy whose name I don't remember. Uh, he's not an actor I'm as familiar with. Ben Aldridge. Because he's, he's British. Yeah. Uh, ben Aldridge and the daughter have to just, like, live now. And mm-hmm. the plane stopped falling out of the sky. And it really the does seem explodes. like they... explodes. Yeah. Yeah, it really does seem like they stopped the apocalypse. And then they just have to live now. And, like, the question... The question that lingers is, like, would the you would the world actually have ended if I hadn't killed my husband, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. And that is a question that is so spectacularly huge. Yeah. That, like, even the slightest, most infinitesimal amount of doubt would ruin the rest of your life, <laughs> right? Yeah. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. it seems, it really does seem like there was an apocalypse. But there is enough weirdness about it that you don't know 100%. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, you could absolutely do some weird gymnastics to be like, that was a targeted attack. Or that was just an insane coincidence. Those things do happen. Or, like, mm-hmm. any number of things. It wouldn't be likely. If you tell that to a third party, they'd be like, okay, but be serious. Yeah. But even mm-hmm. still, like, a one point, like a point one percent would just ruin you, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like... I, I think that's what's important about this is that there is still like just the tiniest twist of uncertainty to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like people just, they want to be like, oh, so the place started falling out of the sky. Obviously there was an apocalypse. Like, okay, sure. Yeah. But like, but imagine it from this person's perspective, you know, and, I and like how insane that is for an individual. It, it's just like, I, a, this movie looking at it at a religious perspective because it absolutely forces you to like it's a biblical apocalypse like that is what's going on (laughs) and even the two men in the family it's like you have one who obviously still has some connections to faith or god he makes a few comments in the flashbacks and stuff like hey if you pray i won't make fun of you for it like one of them is clearly completely disenfranchised with religion because of the horrible shit that's happened to him because of the prejudices that come from the church like you it, like it has decimated his faith completely and then when like faith of this magnitude comes fucking beating down your door mm-hmm. it's like how what could you do but rationalize that? Like, what could you, like, I, you're now just supposed to be like, yeah, it's literally God. It's literally this stuff happening. Yeah. yeah. It's the fucking <laughs> right. Old Testament fucking, like, revelations. Like, obviously. Like, after having your faith shaken your entire life, like, what, you're just, what are you supposed to do? Like, and the fact that, like, his, someone who he loves completely 
still has that faith and it's that faith in the end that like makes him even be able to make that decision because he completely just like goes with it he gives into his faith that like yes this is an apocalypse that's what he believes and that's why he's able to kill him like just uh, like it just it uh, this movie just like spoke to me so directly in a way that I think I thought would speak to more people, but I guess maybe it just doesn't. (laughs) Uh, Like, maybe that's my bad, but, you know. (laughs) 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 Like, it's just, like, it, like, like, uh, like, all the, like, all the, like, the prejudices and the LGBT, like, themes and then connecting that to faith and the doubts in that faith and being confronted by that faith. It's just, like, ugh. It rules, and uh, and I get and I think that's one and of the like, big things that turned people off from it, and they're wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I thought was so spectacular in regards to that is like one of the like um, like B plot points. Not that I mean it's not really there. Like there's an A point and a B point, but just to speak about it, um, like the doubting Thomas husband i can't remember their names <laughs> yeah. andrew and daddy andrew and daddy white names. um yeah daddy warbucks yeah. <laughs> you beat me by one second i want you to know that uh, uh the, it's uh jonathan groff is daddy eric and ben aldridge is daddy oh, andrew yes okay mm. daddy andrew daddy andrew he's the one who like he is having the hardest time like he's the one who's like they're crazy obviously like this is why that there's no way that this is possible and the whole time with um with rupert grint's character Mm -hmm, he's mm -hmm. like that's the guy that's that's the guy who like beat me up in a bar for being gay like i know it is like i know that it's him he looks a little different now because it's been 10 years or whatever but i know that it's him i'm uh, and like the movie wants you to like kind Question. of shout it yeah. and say like no right. like there's no way like and his his husband is saying like no it's a different person and and it, it, it is him it's yeah. him right mm-hmm. it's the guy you find out in the movie it was him he was a homophobic person who beat him up in a bar for being gay mm-hmm. and it's still he is still following these same convictions that these three other people who the movie proves are not homophobic and are following these who promise they're not doing a hate crime. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. Just, uh, d- despite the fact that they are all together and like you see that in in every organized like community mm-hmm. of people right. where like you all have a common goal and all have a common belief but like sometimes you're like N- yo they are not like me they do not believe what i believe uh but uh, uh please believe what we believe together yeah. right. and i mean there well, is and i think that's one the- of the most concrete um like instances of uncertainty that the movie leaves with you i mean like i said like the uncertainty is like the one percent of one percent or whatever but i think one of the things that the movie really intentionally leaves you uncertain about is whether or not rupert grit was targeting that family specifically mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um because that is like the one thing that they don't seem to be all on the same page about uh, was like that they knew this was going to like that they knew where to go and what people to talk to. Right. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. there is a version of events where it's like there is this biblical apocalypse, but it just needs to be some family. And Rupert Grant is a horrible person who makes the decision that it's this family. Yeah. That it needs to be this family, this gay couple that sent him to jail. Right. And uh, that, you know, they could be, he could be persuading them to target this family specifically without them knowing that that's what they're doing. Or 
maybe that's part of the whole biblical, you know, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Series of events. Yeah, that it's like he needs to confront something in his past. He And there is like, something to the fact that Rupert Grint is the first one to be sacrificed. When they say a portion right. of humanity has been judged, they start with the fucking homophobe. Like, they start with right. the bad guy. And it's... And then they go on, and then the next is like, I'm, I'm, I'm a mother, please don't kill me. Like, there's something to that, that, like, the first one to go, when they say a part of humanity has been judged... There are bad parts of humanity. There are parts of humanity <laughs> yeah. that suck. Mm-hmm. And it's the whole, it's the whole, like, how do you even fucking look at humanity? How do you even deal with the swarming mess that is humanity, that is composed of homophobes and racists and also children and people who are trying their best? Like, what do you even do about that at all? And that's, like, I feel so much what the movie is confronting, that, like, yeah, a portion of humanity has been judged. Were they always supposed to be judged? Were they always the first ones? Or is that just how it happened? Like, that's so... That's so good. <laughs> here's uh, here's something else about this movie. This is some behind-the-scenes drama. Oh, behind-the-scenes. Okay. Oh. Did one yeah. of them spit on the other one? <laughs> yes, that's what happened. No, so this movie has two different DPs. Um... And I think one of my criticisms about the movie mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is that it kind of does feel like it. And M. Night is mm. famous for shooting his movies in chronological order whenever he can. Yeah. That's something he really likes to do. Um, and I think the first, like, you know, half hour, 40 minutes of this movie look absolutely spectacular. Mm-hmm. Like, this, one of my big things about M. Night right now is that he has the most distinct visual look of any filmmaker working right now. Oh, yeah. No American movies look like that right now. And, yeah. like, his old and Knock at the Cabin and Glass to a lesser extent, but still some, have this, like, absolutely gorgeous, like, beautiful visual aesthetic. And this movie especially, like, that first sequence when it's just Dave Bautista walking out of the woods. Oh, yeah. And he's talking to the little girl. And like it's everything so has this, oh. it's everything's so yeah. tight, but everything has this really, really narrow depth of focus. And it feels like everything's a little bit out of focus all the time. And another thing about this movie is that through the whole movie, everything is either smack dab in the middle of the frame or hilariously off to the side, yeah. like spectacularly mm-hmm. off to the side. Yeah. Like there is no rule of thirds in this movie. Yeah. You are either <laughs> dead center bullseye or you are almost off screen. Yeah. There's like oh, yeah. no in between. <laughs> um, and uh, there's a part of me that wonders if the first cinematographer who was, uh, I'm going to mispronounce his name, but you're in black. J a r i n. B-L-A-S-C-H-K-E, some weird Nordic name. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna beat myself up over it. Uh, was, uh, was uh Robert Eggers normal cinematographer who shot the lighthouse and the North Man and oh, yeah. is working on Nosferatu later. Um who was the first one, but then there were some creative differences and it sounds like they split up and M. Night brought in the cinematographer who works with him on Servant to do the last half of the movie. Mm-hmm. And there's a part of me that wonders like if he's shooting this thing in chronological order, it would be super easy to do because it's basically just one setting. 
Like, I wonder if it's literally, like, 40 minutes into the movie, that's when the first cinematographer left, and then the second one had to come on. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. maybe it doesn't look quite as good as the beginning of the movie does, but, you know, you live and you laugh and you love. There is one shot in the movie that did make me burst out laughing. I think it's one of the first plane crashes that's on the TV. It is, like, a steady shot of an airplane, like, spinning out of control and then it explodes, and it's like a JPEG of an explosion, and it did physically make me laugh in the theater. Because all right. of the rest of the airplane crashes are genuinely so scary, because it's just like, yeah, it's just like airplanes fucking falling out of the sky. It's so fucking scary. But there's just one that they show on the TV that's just like, it looks like a YouTube poop, and goddamn, it was really funny. But the rest <laughs> of them looked great, so it's fine. <laughs> But okay, but but I know we already talked about it, but there's something that is just so extremely terrifying about um like the tsunami. Oh scene god, yeah. Where because yeah. like they show footage that's filmed, and this is a bit anachronistic in reality, but whatever, whatever. because it was cool and like it fits. But like because you see someone filming like it's somebody filming on their phone like on like, the beach the wall of water yeah. that is just hurtling towards people and like you'd expect somebody in this direction to be like and then they all run away screaming in terror and everyone kind of just freezes because there's nothing like, there's nothing to do yeah you cannot yeah. Like, outrun you see that. that it's so yeah it's so gigantic like and so fast that it's just there's no way that they're going to make it out. But it's also just so human to like freeze up like that. Oh yeah. In in the face of like a uh, like something that is unexplainably yeah. terrifying. Yeah. If I had and seen... I think that is so cool. Like ugh. If I had seen this movie when I was a kid, I would never have recovered from that. You never would <laughs> have. Like, no. Yeah. This is like everything that terrified me as a child oh like, my God. put together into one movie. I have like key memories of like being a little kid in the car. And you know how sometimes when there's like clouds off in the distance and they kind of look like a wall? Like sometimes clouds will look like a wave of water and just having that thought of like, huh, that's really fucking scary. This like captured <laughs> that perfectly. Because you see those posts online all the time that they're like kind of funny, but also very serious of like the hey if you are at the beach and you cannot see the ocean like the ocean is gone don't go looking for it because that means a tsunami is happening and you need to get out of there and the Mm -hmm. shot the like light like the someone recording on their phone on the beach is so perfect because there is that moment of like hey where the fuck is the ocean as they're all just like hanging out (laughs) on the beach and then in the far distance you see what looks like a big wave coming in and it's only when it is, like, ten stories tall and still in the distance that it really just, like, hits you how fucking huge that wave is that is coming. It is horrifying. They nail it so much. It Let's really, talk Bautista. It really, Bautista. I was gonna oh. say, it just, like, it really... <laughs> yeah. I, Jukebox the Ghost has an album, and I say an album, they have multiple songs that are all about the apocalypse, and it's just, I feel like they really fit with this movie in a major way. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about Okay, Tista. let's talk about Dave. This let's is talk about Dave. Dave time. Dave, Dave hour. Time. Hello, welcome to Dave it's time. Dave, Dave corner. Because uh, this is such a fucking perfect movie star role, oh, where yeah. you're like, this is 
the only performer in the world who could play this role convincingly. Like, he is the only person alive where you would be like, hey, I look like I weigh 900 pounds and I'm absolutely terrifying. But when I tell you I'm a second grade teacher, you believe me implicitly. Oh, right? yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. that is that is his, like, acting persona like down to a T. If oh, like yeah. if you could define Dave Bautista by one thing, it would be that. It would be like that he he's... shows up at your door with a horrible weapon and you think you're going to die. And then he tells you that actually he's a second grade teacher and he makes yeah, ends meet by bartending basketball. on the weekends. And yeah. then he's just yeah. he's just a sweet man and he cares about you deeply. And you're like, ah oh, fuck, he does. <laughs> I can I know that he does. But like and it's it's set so because like I, I don't know. When I was watching this movie, I was fully like team Dave. I I trust him. <laughs> team Dave. Truth. Like I'm not doubting him. Yeah, let's pick sides. But they yeah. said it. I mean, well, like, but like, you know how like you're like, oh, will will they? Won't they? Are they crazy? Or are they not crazy? I'm like, no, they, because Dave, Dave Bautista is such a good person. I just believe him and, implicitly. Like, yeah. And but like the way that they set his character up is so smart by having him come in first and like. He has a real honest, genuine conversation with this little kid. And you're like, he's really good at talking to kids. Like, he knows how to talk to this child. Oh, yeah. It doesn't feel awkward. But at the same time, it's terrifying because you're. Because he's you being know so sincere. About real life. Yeah. And you're like, there's this creepy giant man with like creepy glasses who's talking to this little girl oh, yeah. who's by herself in a, in a wooded glen. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Uh, like, like what's happening but also like what like wh- why is he trying to convince her that he isn't gonna hurt her in any way right and then like the little ways that he's like turning the tv on for her oh yeah well or, putting like, on fucking strawberry shortcake doing. yeah i like yeah. the show it like, teaches he... them kindness <laughs> you're like holy shit dude <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's you're like what it's so good <laughs> And then, like, on the, like, it's a full spectrum of people who are, like, because there's four of them. There's one woman who's a nurse. There's one, and, like, oh, what, they all come in and they introduce themselves in just, like, a little odd way where when you're first watching the movie, you're, like, that was weird. And when, like, this is at rehearsed. The, by the this end of the movie, you're, like, yeah. you're, yeah. like, this, yeah, you're, like, why, this is, like, obviously part of their weird culty thing. And by the end of the movie, you're, like, they really just wanted them. They wanted this family to see them as people. Oh, yeah. And this is the way that they could see them as people. Like, I'm a nurse. You remind me of my little sister. Um, I I cleared out my savings account so that I could come here and talk to you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm a cook. I really, I've always wanted to go to the Grand Canyon. This is my first time in this area of the United States. I have a like, fucking all go son. Through. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's just, like, they're, it's so, they're so human in the most, like, inhuman, batshit insane story Mm -hmm. that you're, like, you're constantly, like, double-checking, like, who am I supposed to be (laughs) rooting for? Yeah. Because it's, it seems obvious, but it's not. Right. Because yeah, they are exactly. all, they are all so sad and distraught and upset, <laughs> and it is so obvious that they don't want to do what they're doing, but they so truly believe that the literal, actual apocalypse is going to happen. Right. And it's just, uh, it's good. Watch the fucking movie. It's good. <laughs> God damn. Um, and like, 
And they're all good. All four Jonathan of them. Jonathan Groff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Rupert, Rupert Grant is incredible. He doesn't get to be in it as long. No, he does he get dies. murdered very quickly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, like, and but, like, especially when you consider I, it, like, within the ooze that contains Servant also, you're, like, Rupert Grant as this, like, weird, grouchy, mean guy. He's, like, so good at it. He's very good and, at it. Um, the other two actresses, who I didn't really much know from anything else. I recognize um, the younger one. I don't know what from what, though. I thought I did too, but I don't think you actually did because she's not really in much else. Does she look the like a girl thing... we went to high school with? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh, her name is Abby Quinn, and I just gotta say, her parents nailed it. She is the most Abby Quinn person I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. That is what she looks like, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, no, the only other thing I like really would be like, oh, that's who she was, which she's uh, one of the girls who works at the... Uh, like ice cream stand and I'm thinking of ending things. Uh, that's like the only thing that I would be like, oh, I've seen her in that. Oh, uh, yeah, thing. and I have She also is that. like okay, oh. an extra in Little Women, but not in any... Oh, hey. I don't think she is a speaking role. I think she's just around She's just hanging out in, in costume, yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, here I'm doing not doing the research on Nikki Amuka Bird, who is right. the, the nurse... And she was in Old She's in Old. The Hell beach yeah. that makes you old. She's married to Jaren, who is a nurse, and she <laughs> has epilepsy. Right. <laughs> and then she was also in Get Into This Jupiter Ascending. Did you? Oh wait, did you not watch Jupiter Ascending with us, Adeline? Was I that did one it. without you? I did it. Oh, I, man. I had I had prior engagements. <gasps> you gotta Whoa, watch Jupiter Ascending. Oh. Because we really like that. Movie. You gotta get Jupiter pilled. <laughs> I gotta get Jupitered. <laughs> we had some good. We had good ideas for a sequel to Jupiter. <laughs> Is it right, Jupiter it so descending? Do you know it's Jupiter Tupiter? Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I should listen to the episodes. I'm not in. <laughs> that's that's one of my favorite episodes. That was a good one. I really like all the episodes you're not that in. That I'm not in. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that was a good. I, I miss. I want to. I want to talk to Sarah again. She was fun. Uh. The, uh, uh, oh, man, her, I'm trying to remember, like, her role in the movie. The nurse role? Oh, she was the nurse? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In Jupiter? In Jupiter 1. Oh, no, sorry. I thought we were going back to knock at the cabin. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. There's, like, six people I was, in this I was like, movie. she's yeah, the nurse so at the weird sterilization people. clinic she goes to. Uh, what? Yeah, I don't know what her role is in Jupiter Ascending, because they all have weird-ass Jackson, yeah. I think you're thinking of Amsterdam, actually. We have to do a no, fucking podcast a... about Amsterdam, because I am always thinking about that movie. It's We've got, like, horrible. We've got, like, five or six movies from the last six months or so that were, like, we need to do a podcast on that as soon as possible. And I think I Amsterdam think, is one of them. I think Amsterdam might need to be a commentary because there's just... Okay, sure. I just, <laughs> that, God, that movie. I think of that 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 quote from Zach Kornfeld all the time. was like, there was a gas leak on set and they still showed up every day and made a movie. <laughs> like, that is what that movie is. Um... Okay, where are we at? The kids are all good. Jonathan Groff is really good. The, the little girl really is good. such a good actress. She that does such scene, a good job. I really, really, really like that scene when after Jonathan Groff gets like a concussion mm-hmm. and he like the nurse is with him in the bathroom. Oh, yeah. And she's just like very gingerly like trying to like dress his wound. Like he has like 
like a cut on his head and then like you just see him i think like a, a shot like a scene later or something and he's like redressing it or something and the sun is coming through the window and it's like it's the golden hour and it's beautiful mm-hmm. and like you know that in a normal setting this would be a really lovely beautiful day for this family mm-hmm. and he you can see that he's thinking about that yeah but at the same time he's just like we are stuck here like there's nothing that we can do right um and it's very interesting that jonathan groff's character is the one who is like maybe they're right maybe we should go along with them maybe like i believe them because he's also the one with the concussion mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so then the whole time they're like right you're like you are also like is he just crazy because he, he hit his right. head yeah. it's yeah. just one more thing that makes you like but i don't but maybe but could it and how mm-hmm. like there's just they lace in so many little things like giving you the information that he is the guy who attacked them before giving jonathan groff a concussion like uh uh What's another good example where it's like there's always something like the people like the other people being a little unsure about one thing or like revealing that they met online in like a yeah, message board. Yeah, that's like, like a message group huge together. red flag. Yeah. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. You guys met on 4chan? Hold on. <laughs> I- Reddit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They don't literally say that, but that's the vibe. No, but and they're like, like, we met on a message board, like, talking about yeah. missions. And it's like, ooh, not <laughs> oh. a great look. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh. Uh, yeah. But here, let me tell you a reason why this movie's bad, actually. Okay. Um, okay. This is uh, directly from IMDb. Uh-oh. If the footage of the Oregon tidal wave was shot moments ago... How did the newsroom get it when the camera operator and the camera itself would have <laughs> perished? Yeah, I don't think whatever. you're meant to watch movies, sir. Ever heard I, don't of Twitter? Think, I don't think movies <laughs> Ever heard are of for Twitter? you. Yeah, they could have been live streaming. <laughs> Fuck you. Everybody's yeah. linked like, up to the cloud, bozo. <laughs> <laughs> but look, I just found this. I just found um, a review that g- gave this movie one star. And it's literally what we were saying. I was actually excited to see Knock at the Cabin. I am disappointed. It was super slow and boring. Yes, there were some scenes where it was intense. Not enough, though. Spoiler, the whole movie was just filmed inside the house, which I did not like. <laughs> yeah, they could I have knew done it. more to spice up the film. That's the whole point. I knew it. Yeah, when, I knew that's the it. point of the movie. Me when it's Knock very... at the Cabin takes place in a cabin. <laughs> <laughs> it's such, it's so tense because they're stuck inside the cabin. And it's like, even if they escape from these people, there's still the threat of what if they are right? Like that's, <laughs> What if they're correct? What yeah. if they are correct? Like, ugh. Oh. Also, look, this it goes on to say, I don't understand why a random family has been chosen to sacrifice one family member for the whole That's world. That's the point of the movie! I wish they went, yeah, we don't I wish they went more... <laughs> I wish they went more into depth with explaining that. <laughs> Definitely wait for the movie to be free. Ha ha. Which is like, that's the whole point is they, none of them know the answer yeah, to that. Yeah, that's and the none point. Of them Not do. even the That's what makes it interesting. Yeah. That, yeah. You're like, why? Why? And to, I don't know, like psychoanalyze the film a little more. Like, that's how everyone reacts when they have to make some kind of sacrifice in their life for the greater good or for themselves or for whatever. Right. It's I'm speaking to myself right now. It's always like, why me? Why do I have to make a sacrifice? Right. Every, nobody else has to make a sacrifice. Like that is what this film is saying I mean, is that there are bad things that happen. Sometimes we have to make sacrifices 
in our own lives. Like, even applying to it to rectify those things. I, like, yeah. even applying it to COVID. Like, that was the whole thing with masks. You could not get some people to make mm-hmm. the smallest sacrifice yep. possible. Like, that's so fucking real. And when you make that sacrifice suddenly huge with devastating effects in either direction, it's like, how does that get blowed up even more because like even with the littlest fucking thing people could not make that sacrifice like it's just it's good actually everyone's a bozo <laughs> oh my god wait oh no can i read this to you i'm gonna be bad. Should we? okay hold on should we save it for the end because this is the segment i usually do to end the know. show <laughs> no because it's not funny it's not funny oh, okay. it's just it's just thing so true okay. this yeah. one I think it's just people like misunderstanding. Like we we just see that people again. I don't want to be like we're smarter than everybody else, right. but I think that's just sometimes people do do not go in with a critical mindset. No, they just want to watch. A and movie. so like yeah, yeah, yeah. And like this person is saying this film. Uh, I don't know, but so far the reviews are illustrating this film is as a bit homophobic. A gay couple with a child has yeah. to decide if they want to save themselves or humanity because that's what God wants. That's the point of the movie. There's been some, when it was new, there was some weird discourse that I don't like super want to get into. That was like, how come this movie canonizes that God wants these gay people to die? And like, isn't that a little bit dangerous? To which I say, Uh, no, I don't know. Like, don't be a weirdo about it. Don't make it weird. That's my stance. It's it's, uh, To me, my perspective is not God wants to gay people to die it's that god knows exactly what these people have had to go through and he knows exactly Mm -hmm. who they blame for it and they know exactly what it has done to them and despite that he is asking them to do this like just like i I, I, maybe this is just the religious person to be talking and like how i've come how (laughs) i've come to grips with a very homophobic church and a god that i still believe is good it's like God knows God is not on the side of the homophobe. God knows what these gay people Mm -hmm. have gone through. He knows the evil. And that is why they are being asked to judge. Because they have more rights than anyone to judge. Like, that's the point. But I also... That's why it won't work for anybody else. I don't think this is a uh, good, loving God (laughs) portrayed Uh, in this particular film. No. Yeah. And, and then that's when you get to the when to the nitty gritty of like what do you think what do you think about Revelations Jackson do you want to get into that <laughs> right, right yeah. now yeah <laughs> well yeah I mean that's part of it is like do you yeah. want to continue to live knowing that yes actually literally there is a God who just asked you to kill your husband yeah. for the sake of the rest of the yeah. planet yeah. for seemingly no particular reason just because he kind of wanted to that's he wanted like to prove a, a fucking factor point. of it to yeah me. yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's like, you know, and obviously just, yeah. it's all like biblical. It's all riffing on like the binding of Isaac and oh yeah, the yeah, book of Job. And also, and... it's like the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Yeah, <laughs> that is that's what I'm telling. That that's why they okay. lost people because it is so biblical. But yeah. that's what I love about it. I'm like, oh, this was made for me as a liberal religious person. I know what's <laughs> going on here. <laughs> the um. That that is like the most M Night shit in the world. I don't want to like armchair diagnose, but like I think I think M Night is one of the most obviously autistic like American creatives in the world today. Oh yeah, in the best and, way. Yeah. Yeah, and like, but and there are so many moments in his movies where a character will just say something, and you'll be like, "What?" Like where he like puts these <laughs> things into these like weird categories or whatever that seemingly only make sense to him. Because there's that moment where Jonathan Groff is like, "They represent." 
the four aspects of humanity and then he just says like four random attributes <laughs> and you're like geeks. yeah what was that m night can you run that <laughs> by me like, one more water. time <laughs> <laughs> it's like he was like and they should rupert grit and it's like malice and then it's like dave bautista and it's like compassion and then it's like two other good attributes yeah, two and more like, positive yeah. things and you're like okay <laughs> like those are the four attributes of humanity like can you yeah, like did you get that from them. somewhere or is that just an m night special <laughs> that's like him. what was that's that that's just for him <laughs> <laughs> and it's yeah, it that part is also not biblical because like the four horsemen are like are very specific things. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> And none of them are good. But, like, none, of, none of the four horsemen are like and that yeah, and that's the cool one. Things. That's the cool horseman. We're glad he's here. Yeah, that's the that's is, the horsemen of compassion. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the care bears, but they're the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Yep. Like the well, and, care bear of luck, care bear of courage. <laughs> And he does the same thing in Glass, too, where Samuel L. Jackson has all these lines that are like, there are two kinds of comic books, origin stories and limited editions. You're like, what the fuck are you talking talking about? about? (laughs) What is that? What does that mean? He knows what it means. Everybody knows the two kinds of comic books. (laughs) The four aspects of humanity. Three of them are positive. (laughs) God, I wish I, I wish I could remember what they were because they're kind of, it, it's kind of hilarious. Like, I don't know. It's like, it's like one is being mean and the other are three <laughs> synonyms for being kind. Be- and it's like, yeah, okay. exactly. <laughs> yeah, God, what is it? It's like compassion, nurturing. One of them's nurturing for sure. Right? I think it was oh, yeah. a nurse. Yeah. <sighs> God, Probably it's so funny though. And and being a cook. And being a chef. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, hers was nurturing because she feeds the daughter at one point. Oh. Right, 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 right. Oh, damn it. Oh, I do absolutely no. adore that moment at the end of the movie after he's already made his decision and they get to the their car that they took there, that the four people took there, uh, and they open it up and you see that they were all telling the truth about who they were and you're like, oh, right. fuck. <laughs> That's just a moment. And then, rules. like... Yeah, I don't know. And I love the end of the movie. The movie ends on this shot that I think is so great. Where it's like, they go to that diner, and they pull over, and they're watching the news, and there's all these people, and they confirm that the planes... Everyone is just glued, yeah. Yeah, and they confirm that the planes have indeed stopped falling out of the sky. And they have to be like, God, it really seems like we just prevented the apocalypse. Yeah. And then... They're just uh, in the fucking car! They're just in the car! And then there's this moment where they have to drive home... And, like, he lingers really unlike he gets up to the edge of the parking lot and he, like, puts his blinker on to, like, yeah. merge into the road. Uh, <laughs> like, I think there's something so profound about the act of putting your blinker on. Oh, I don't yeah. know. Something about that really, really resonated with me. Well, because... Like, and now I have to make a right turn, so I have to stop yeah, and like, look to the left. Yeah, like, this is such a yeah. mundane thing. Yeah. And literally, like, my whole life has drastically changed, but yeah. I still have to... Uh, merge correctly while I'm driving. <laughs> right. And that fucking moment when they're in the car and the song that they With were the listening music. to earlier comes on and they turn it on and then he turns it off and then the daughter turns it on again and then there's another beat and the daughter turns it off again that even she understands and she's like six. Yeah. It's fucked up. It's so sad. <laughs> yeah. And then um, he okay, turns it we... back on again. Fuck. <laughs> before we wrap up, we should talk about... Um, I know that none of us have read the book upon which this movie is based. In truth, um, true. I've been told it's not that great. <laughs> that people mm. don't really like it that much. I mean, some people like it, but it's not like 
this great hollowed book that people review yeah. or whatever. Mm. It's like a pretty recent book that got kind of mixed positive reception. But yeah. um, this uh, movie makes a pretty drastic change from what I understand from the book, which is that uh, in the book, uh, during the struggle, the daughter is killed sort of by accident. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the two, uh, the two fathers have to be like, they make the decision. Okay, we did it. That they're not going to kill either of them because, like, if that's not good enough for whatever God exists, then I don't want to live in that world. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And the movie ends, you know, with, like, planes falling out of the sky and, you know, and the idea is, like, and then it's a little, you know, the uncertainty becomes, like, and then does the world end? Question was that, mark? Was, like, that, was that accidental <laughs> sacrifice enough? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but to me, I think would the earth would the world have ended if I didn't do what I just did is a lot more interesting than is the world about to end. As like like, the for yeah, yeah. Cause it kind of takes all of the Otis of the decision off of them. And it's like, Oh, it happened. So let's see what happens. It's like, okay, yeah, that's not as good. Yeah. Yeah. But I really do would have, I would have enjoyed seeing what it looks like to walk the earth through eternity. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. It's just like scorched. I think that would have been an interesting shot, but I think the rest of the movie would have uh, You're right. Been I did want the world to end. <laughs> but like, maybe, maybe, this is just maybe in like the DVD release, like the alternate ending. <laughs> Not that they do DVD releases like this anymore. I hope they, I hope they come just out like with a Jonathan DVD Groff. with an alternate ending that's worse. That's what I hope. <laughs> that's what yeah. I want. But yeah. I just want to, because I want to see yeah. the scorched earth. I want, yeah, I, I, I am, see them walking lonely. I am so fucking serious when I say that I wish more movies were like the Clue movie. If more movies just had different endings and they were yeah. all airing at the same time, that would rule. Why don't we do that anymore? Yeah. The Clue movie is I mean, great for that reason alone. I just watched 28 Days Later and they do that, in that with that movie too. It had two theatrical endings oh, fuck yeah. but like just like one of them sucks and one of them's good that's the problem they have to be <laughs> yeah, really good that's the, thing. yeah. that's the thing is that i just i i know that i'm wrong <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like i just think it would be an interesting like shot to compose yeah 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 yeah, sure. yeah. Yeah, you want to see you want to see the, the lighthouse guy. And that's guy the only really reason why. That that's up. the only. I, yeah. yeah, I want to see him. I want to see him figure out what he's into with the scorched earth and like people sobbing. And how do you represent that they've been walking for eternity? Katie, I ha- or Kate, Jesus, Keisha, <laughs> I have a video game for you. It's called Bloodborne. It's so. It's part, that's exactly what you're describing. Okay. All right, slay, slay. <laughs> slay. I'll, I'll play Get it. Get the blood echoes. I. This has nothing to do with anything, but there's this kid at our church who thinks that I'm really cool because I've talked to him about, about like, Pokemon a couple of times. <laughs> right, right. And I'm – here's the thing is that the longer that we go, the more he's figuring out that I actually don't know anything about video games. Uh-oh. And I feel like I'm going to lose my reputation. Because he'll be like – what do you mean? What do you mean you don't know about this? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, I don't know, Christian. I don't know. Oh, what's the What's the one with the fuzzy blue monster? What? Uh, that's Sesame Street. Yeah, Sesame Ta- Street. That's cookie, what I think. Cookie yeah. Monster. No, the, um... Oh, what's it? It's like... Yeah, uh, yeah, Fortnite. Uh, yeah, I was thinking of... I was trying to think of Fortnite, Adeline. <laughs> 
no, it's like the like in the in the illustrious tradition of Slenderman and Five Nights at Freddy's and whatever. Oh, like the horror play game time at the... whatever's. Yeah, him, yeah. Oh the yeah, Mister yeah. Me Seeks. Look at me, Mister uh, uh, Playtime, something like that. Uh, Playtime yeah. is that what the game is called? Playtime at something? Yeah, I think so. Maybe maybe that's the sequel. But yeah, the sequel no. is the one the girl that looks like the La La Loopsy doll. I know exactly what you're know. talking about. Yeah. We're la la loopsies. Uh, when I Google wow. playtime at, the first thing that comes up is an episode of Nihai Kaolan. Okay. Which I don't think is quite right. And then after that is playtime <laughs> at Barney's house, which is a book oh. by Guy Davis. Uh, at least according to Sounds Google. Okay, so if I look up, if I look up Fuzzy Blue uh, Monster video game. Or... Game. Fuzzy Blue Monster Fuzzy. autofills. Blue um, it's all Monster. Sesame Street when I do that. I told oh, you. Oh, Poppy Playtime. That's what it's called. Poppy's Playtime. Oh, nasty. Yeah. Ew. I don't like the name of that. Every oh. All the mall kiosks sell weird off-brand plushies of Siren Head and also the guy for Poppy Playtime. And Have I don't you know seen this guy, Keisha? Have, no, I have no. Have you idea have you heard about this? Play. Have you heard about this guy, Poppy's Playtime? Poppy's Playtime. Have you heard about him? Poppy's Playtime. That's, that's no, my because again, I don't know about video Jay games. Leno. Well, Google it. You got to know about Poppy's Playtime if you got if you oh, want to relate to God. the youth. Okay. Oh, his name is Huggy Wuggy. Okay. That's right. I know the bitch. Mm. I know him. So I know. It it was this weird thing because it's like it's this scary horror game, but like kids love it. Yeah, and I mean, like, same with Five Nights oh, at Freddy's. Oh, yeah, that is yeah. spooky. It's just one of these things that it's, like, every once in a while, it just becomes this weird, like, pearl-clutchy thing. Like, we can't let kids be exposed to this. It's like, I don't know if they like it. Who cares? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. There was scary I, stuff in the 90s. There were scary movies in the 90s that I saw VHS boxes of that I'd rather I didn't have. So, yeah, so also, we were talking about Pokemon not scary and movies. this makes you think of Poppy's Playtime and how children should play it. When, how did well, we that's here? just I, that's just the thing that kids are into now. It or is. at least we're into probably about a year ago. Uh, yeah, maybe like a year or two ago at this point. I don't think I don't think that was a particularly <laughs> long lived fad. No, but. no, no, no. It, it's one of those games. Same with like Hello Neighbor that it's like trying to fill the void that Five Nights at Freddy's kind of left and they just can't. Yeah. They don't have the staying power. And I just think about it because when I was a bus driver, there was a kid who had a stuffed animal of it, of the yeah, monster. Yeah, that he got at the mall kiosk, yeah. Oh. Yeah, probably. Anyway, what were we talking about? Who hasn't gotten one at the mall I don't know, but now I'm just thinking about cabin. all the stores at the mall that have, like, the Amogus stuffed animals outside their door to try to lure children in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just thinking about that. Okay. Now. I'm just saying, this is what I'm saying, is watch Knock at the Cabin. It's really good. And don't think too much about the implications of the apocalypse because that's not what it's about it's an allegory about making sacrifices because you love things and that humanity is ultimately worth saving mm, mm. even when it seems like it's not good stuff and it's cool and it's cool that it's shot only inside of the stupid cabin yeah. because <laughs> and if you've got religious trauma have dummies. i got the movie for you <laughs> And man, like it yeah, just looks it's so good. <laughs> that movie It looks so good. Looks incredible. And like I feel like people are not talking enough about how insane M Night's movies look. They look so Old good. Yeah. Is genuinely one of the most interesting and innovative like visual movies in a really long time, I think. Like that movie has this like camera that just like 
swings around and like there's a lot of sequences where the movie is like where the camera's like moving back and forth on a pendulum. Oh yeah. Like a fucking TikTok of a clock while they're talking to each other. It's so crazy. And people are just like, yo, I don't know, I thought it was bad. And it's like, you don't even want to talk about this? It was you don't weird even that want to they got old. this. Yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. M Night's the best. I love M Night. He made a bunch of bad movies in the middle there, but at the beginning and then at the end, just rocks. He knew. M. He Night's knew my what man. he was doing. Yeah, and what and what will he do next? I'm trying to I've still been trying to find out what each of the freaking horsemen are and they're just <laughs> Oh, you can't find that quote. None of these None of these stupid articles are right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, They're like, this one's pestilence. And I'm like, I don't care who pestilence is. I, I want to know who compassion is. I don't care I about pestilence. I'm 100% sure that Rupert Grint was malice. I'm 100% definitely, sure yeah. that Abby Quinn was nurturing. nurturing. And then the other two were like... Oh, wait. Adrian upends famine for nourishment. Oh, they're the antithesis. The death angle. What the frick? Whatever. (laughs) This is stupid. So they were Uh, the antithesis of the other horsemen. I don't know. know. The movie's out on digital now, but it's not streaming. So I guess we'll never know. Do we want to? I want to. Here's what I want to do. On air, I want to decide what our next episode should be when we do the next one. Okay. I kind. I kind of want it to be Amsterdam. <laughs> we could do Amsterdam. It'd be fun to do another commentary track. It could be but that. We could also do. We could also do Teen Choice Awards. Right, that is yes. important. I think if we're not going to do it before the Oscars, which we have already missed the boat on. Yes. Maybe we yeah. should save it for the but summer, we, which is bingo. when the Teen Choice Awards. Okay. Are not happening, but would if, have happened. If enough. there was a god, they would be happening during the <laughs> exactly. summer. Exactly. Well, yes. maybe maybe if we are um, diligent enough, we can convince MTV to bring them back. Yes, yes. We forgot to vote for the Kids' <laughs> Choice Awards this year. We did. I know, I'm pissed. This is like the first time in like 20 years that I've <laughs> <laughs> Does that mean I'm not a kid anymore? I, don't think, I, I think you're no longer a kid, Keisha. I'm sorry to I say I completely this to you. forgot they were happening until I saw a tweet that said that Optimus Prime had just been awarded a Lifetime Achievement Award. A Lifetime Award. Achievement yeah. Award. Well, it's because here's the deal is that I used to, in my kid, in my Nickelodeon magazine, there used to be a section mm. where you could like fill out who you thought was going to win the Kids' mm. Choice Awards and then who actually won the Kids' Choice right. Awards. And if they hadn't canceled Nickelodeon magazine, I would have voted already. It was, yeah, it was stated <laughs> But they formed. did. Okay, I'm gonna. I want Nickelodeon magazine to come back. Okay, real, real quick, super quick. I'm just gonna read out the winners of the 2023 Kids Choice Awards. Oh God. Um, okay. Uh, hold on one moment. This website sucks. Just yeah, tell me who. Yeah, of course won. it does. Um, see who brought home the blimps. Yeah, who brought home the blimps? This is arranged in videos. No, thank you. I want words, please. <laughs> um, in my okay, article, please. <laughs> um. Okay, okay. Favorite movie. All right. Okay. I'm going to tell you. I, I don't want to spend too long on this because it is a 90-minute podcast already. But we're yes. just having fun. We're just, we're I'm going to tell you. Good old time. I'm going to tell you the 10 movies, and I want you to guess who won. Okay. 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 Favorite movie. Top Gun Maverick. Avatar The Way of Water. Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Maybe. Black Adam. No. Black Panther. Wakanda Forever. Probably not. Hocus Pocus 2. Maybe. Jurassic World Dominion. No way. And Monster High the movie. 
<laughs> oh, I think it's either Monster High or oh wait, I think Hocus Pocus too. I feel like kids actually like that, <laughs> even though it was in a freaking Walgreens for like half the time. Yeah. <laughs> that's so yeah. crazy. I haven't watched that movie, but you keep saying that. I can't believe that's true. <laughs> that can't be right. It's, like, it's a fully fifteen minutes of the movie. They're in a Walgreens. That's, I'm not. Joking. That's fucked up. It's awful, and it looks like a Walgreens. Like the lighting yeah, is it's so fluorescent. <laughs> Do we should we do a Hocus Pocus two episode? <laughs> Wait, it's no, not, dear, it's, please, in the middle no. of the, in the beginning of spring is Hocus Pocus time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go quick. What's the, who's the winner? Uh, fucking. I said it. A Hocus Pocus two, or Monster High. The answer was Sonic the Hedgehog two. Uh, I had okay. a feeling. I had a feeling. That's what I should. Okay, I want to do. Okay, so they've got six movie awards. Um, they have um, best voiceover performance, which is frankly, I think, a category they should have in the Oscars. I am yeah, uh, truly, truly, it should be. Uh huh. <laughs> this is okay, but favorite uh, female voiceover role, truly, kind of wild. Uh, so we've got uh, Aquafina in The Bad Guys as Tarantula. Okay. Salma Hayek as Kitty yes. Softpaws in Puss in Boots. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Taraji P. Henson in Minions The Rise of Gru as Uh-oh. Bell Bottom. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> a movie that Best Actress winner Michelle Yao was in, just for the record. Uh-oh. Yeah, Michelle. Just, she had a bit part, though. Uh, uh, she had a bigger part than Taraji P. Henson did. Uh, Sandra Oh turning red as Ming. Okay. Kiki Palmer, Lightyear as Izzy Hawthorne. And Selena Gomez as Mavis in Hotel Transylvania 4. When the fuck did that movie Selena come Gomez. out? <laughs> That's a great question, Selena Adeline. Gomez won. <laughs> I, 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 I want it to be Kitty Softpaws. I have a feeling it's not. I think it's Gomez. It's probably Gomez. It is the answer, Selena Gomez yeah, for Hotel yeah. Transylvania yeah, 4. Kids vote for who sense. they know. They vote for who they know. You're never going to believe... <laughs> Who the winner of best animated or a best voiceover male is, and who did not win but was nonetheless nominated two times. Okay, oh get ready for this. Okay, okay. Uh, Dwayne Johnson, DC League of Super Pets, as Crypto the Superdog. Oh my fucking god! Yes, of course. Um, <laughs> I love Crypto the Superdog. Steve Carell uh, as Gru. Okay. Uh, yeah. Chris Evans as Buzz Lightyear. Yeah, it makes sense. Kevin Hart as Ace the Bat Hound in Super Pets. Okay. Andy Samberg in Hotel Transylvania 4. Uh-huh. And Andy Samberg <laughs> in Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Oh, my God. Oh, my <laughs> child watched that movie. <laughs> and then the winner was Dwayne Johnson for his performance yeah, as Crypto Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Because kids know for who they know. <laughs> Um, Millie Bobby Brown won Best Movie Actress for, uh, it says here, Enola Holmes 2. Uh, movie that Whoa. exists, okay. apparently. Wow, really? Whoa, um, okay. Oh, my lord. All right, okay. Dwayne The Rock Johnson took home <laughs> two blimps at the Kids' Choice Awards this year. Of course, doesn't he one, just get all of them every year? One for his performance as Crypto the Superdog, and one for his performance as Black Adam. Oh, no! <laughs> Yeah, good for him. Oh, no. <laughs> he beat Ooh. Tom Cruise and Jim Carrey. 
at oh the Kids' Choice God. Awards. <laughs> really? Wow. Because kids vote for who they know. They, and that's why great. we need. And that's why we need another Black Adam movie because the kids. And that's why we need a Kids' Choice Awards for adults. Yeah. Uh, okay. Do we want to talk about any other categories here? Favorite social media family. No. Favorite I'm, celebrity pet. Favorite social no. media family. I no, could I could God. read the nominees for favorite celebrity Was pet Noodle, real quick. Did Noodles did Noodles the the pug win posthumously? <laughs> oh, did it did it finally die? Did that dog finally <laughs> kick it? Finally that die. Dog kicked it. <laughs> uh, okay, we'll do this and then we can go. Favorite celebrity pet. Uh <laughs> Peggy okay. Piggy Lou Bieber. Oh, I uh, forgot they had a pig. Dodger Evans. Don't know who that uh, is. I assume Chris Evans is dog. I guess. Um, probably. Toulouse Grande. <laughs> I guess. Uh, Ariana Grande. Ariana Grande's dog cat. Didn't Lady Gaga's pets get kidnapped? Uh, yeah, Lady Dog Gaga's dogs oh, yeah. got kidnapped, and it was not funny, and you weren't allowed to make jokes about it. Yes, I that remember was, that. That was the number one thing I remember, was that people were like, this is not funny. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, of course. Oh, no, it's not all funny. right. <laughs> Definitely not funny. Um, okay, we've got Noon Coleman. Okay. I, don't Olivia Coleman? Olivia Coleman? Maybe? No. Can't, couldn't be, couldn't be. Uh... No idea who that pet belongs to or what kind of animal it is. Um, <laughs> it's a horse. Are Taylor Swift's cats not nominated? Olivia Benson Swift. Okay. Taylor okay. Swift's cat go. apparently has a middle name. Okay. Which is of course important. it fucking yeah, does. It's Taylor all Swift's named after Grey's cat. Anatomy. Uh, and Gino Chopra Jonas. Oh, hell yeah. Which I guess oh, also belongs to one of the Jonas brothers. Yeah. Uh, and yes, the winner Nick was Jonas. Olivia Benson it's Swift. Obvious, of course yeah, it it's obviously going to yeah. be Taylor Swift's cats. The people are obsessed with Taylor Swift's cats. <laughs> uh, Mario, Minecraft won favorite video game for what okay, must duh. be the millionth year in the ro- yeah. in a row. And Fortnite was there, was they? Um, um, okay. Um, all right. Favorite book uh, was won by, uh, I'm checking my notes here, Harry Potter. No! Oh, oh, how? What were the other nominees? Uh, Five Nights at Freddy's? <laughs> yeah, they got the books. Book? They got so many books. <laughs> um, okay, these are just going to book series, even though the category says favorite book, book? but whatever. And Diary um, of a Wimpy Kid was not mentioned? He was not No, there? Diary of a Wimpy Kid is also nominated. Okay, Adventures God. of Captain Underpants. Okay. Which I'm pretty sure about- has not been a thing since I was a kid. No, they, they're still yeah. coming out, buddy. Are you super sure? I, at least wow. semi-recently, you, okay, they well, definitely were. Um, there's also The Bad Guys. That's a book, but is- it's like a picture book, but okay. Yeah, um, and Cat Kid Comic Club. I've never heard of that. Uh, which I guess Cat is another Kid series Comic of books Club. by the Captain Underpants guy, Dave Pilkey. That's weird. Okay, good for him. Good for him. Uh, so, um, good news, we all lost doing. this year. There are no winners. Because <laughs> uh, uh, democracy oh, oh, has oh. failed. Do you want to guess? Okay, my other favorite. One more, one more, one more, I promise. Um, 
There's like favorite female artist, which is Taylor Swift, and favorite album, which yeah. was Midnight's, and yeah, 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 whatever. Uh, you know, whatever. Whatever. Uh, favorite breakout artist was Dove Cameron, who I guess had an album. I whatever. Don't what? Know who that is. Uh, Are you? She's been around since like 2014. She was in 12. She was the girl who played the like sexy minor in Schmigadoon, Adeline. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. Oh wait, you didn't watch? Yeah, she was also on Disney Channel for forever. Was she really? I watched yeah. Schmigadoon. Because she's in things every once in a while. I'm aware of Dev Cameron. I didn't know she was a Disney Channel kid. Um, she played Liv and Maddie. Favorite uh, music collaboration, Megan Thee Stallion and Dua Lipa on a song called Sweetest Pie. Okay. Definitely appropriate. Not at all weird. Yeah, not weird. All right. <laughs> um, and then we got uh, favorite global music star. Uh, is it, it K-pop? So, We've got Bad Bunny representing okay. Latin America. Sure. Whatever. Blackpink okay. representing Asia. Okay, just all uh, of Asia. Yep. Rosalia representing Europe. Okay. Uh, Harry Styles representing the United Kingdom. Uh, no, he's not. <laughs> Which is not in Europe, I guess. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift representing North America. That's not hey, international. North America. North America, also part of the globe, Adeline. Whatever. Global music star. Uh, Tones and I, Australia, who sure. I think are the band that sang the Dance Monkey song. Dance Monkey, dance. Oh, okay. You never had a chance. No. Nope. <laughs> Wrong one. Are you sure? Uh, and Wizkid, representing Africa. Okay. Uh, and then Ooh. the winner was Harry Styles. Taylor Swift won. Okay. All right. okay yeah, At yeah, least yeah, that yeah. one's kind of. At least kind of. <laughs> I not, not really, really <laughs> but kind of. <laughs> Fucking that black pink but for all of Asia. All of Asia. <laughs> yeah, because they're Asia. Yeah. They are. A- we are Africa. <laughs> We're all Africa. And this is actually... Africa. Um, the kids from and we all won. The Oscar. If you we think did all the, the Oscar. kids from High School Musical, the musical, the series, uh, one favorite male and female TV star. Sure. I thought Olivia oh, Rodrigo okay. was not on that show anymore. Am I wrong? I think she was in an episode. Okay. And then was like, I'm leaving and I'm not coming I back. I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, Olivia Rodrigo beat uh, uh, Raven Simone. Damn. <laughs> oh, Raven Simone. And. Uh, oh, and our favorite, That Girl Lele. Oh, God, That Girl Lele. <gasps> that, that Girl Lele in the show, That Girl Lele, in the role of That Girl Lele. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, appears to have beaten Jenna Ortega. Oh, wait, hold on. Oh, okay, oh, they're split into yeah. kids and Wednesday. family. Okay. So for family... Uh, the winner was Finn Wolfhard for Stranger Things and okay. Jenna Ortega for Wednesday. That makes sense to That me. makes sense, yes. Um, okay, I think I, I think that's everything that was funny. Uh, okay, great. And, <laughs> I think and, I'm and exhausted not wildly depressing. Ones. Yeah, all right. <laughs> the world is a uh, Keisha, do you have a one-star review in front of you that you want to you rattle off? Oh, oh, gosh. Oh no! I didn't know this was gonna be my. I was. I mean, I didn't either. I, I clicked just, away. You just had them up, and I figured. I figured you could pull one out. You had one ready to go. Cause I. But then I started looking for the horseman of the apocalypse. <laughs> I gotta clear my search history. Okay. Okay. Let me. Let me. Let me I found. I'm back. I'm back at the reviews, baby. Um. Apparently, Adam Sandler was awarded an honorary award as King of Comedy. <laughs> 
Adam oh, but fucking that's not Sandler? a Lifetime Achievement Award? <laughs> God, the world uh, is Maybe ending. in like the Martin He's Scorsese the sense? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like it anymore. <laughs> All of it. I don't want it. We don't have to do a one-star review. We can just say goodbye. <laughs> well, now my computer's freaking out. <laughs> I could get there. I just, just, just keep going. Okay, God. okay. I'll keep talking about the um, Kids' Choice Awards. No, don't. God, stop. <laughs> um, you want to know who presented the Lifetime Achievement Award to Optimus Prime? Who did it? <laughs> it was Pete Davidson. <laughs> <laughs> for Marmaduke? For his performance in Marmaduke? <laughs> Oh, he was the presenter. Okay. Oh, man. He's just the one who gave it to him. Was he there? Was he... Of course, was he was the presenter. Of course he was there. No, was Optimus Prime there, you bozo? <laughs> I don't know. Was it like when you go I to guess. Universal and there's the big guy in the costume and it's like the only cool part about going to Universal is the big guy in the big Transformers costume? Uh, here's a game. Where in Optimus Prime's Wikipedia page is it noted that he won a Lifetime Achievement bottom, Award? Bottom. Bottom <laughs> of the page. Um, Transformers film None series. of these are funny. Just, they're just sad. Because we, um, we know that they think that. Literally the final thing. Under the subheading Transformers film series, which, uh, honestly, debatable. Yeah, uh-huh. Honors... At BotCon 2010, uh-huh. Hasbro named Optimus Prime as one of the first five robot inductees into the Transformers Hall of Fame. Uh, what, what? He's not the first one? And also He's one the of what? the first five. The what? <laughs> you put, so, only for Transformers? You, he won the Transformers the tra- Award? Uh, okay, let's look here. BotCon, briefly known as the official Transformers Collectors Convention, okay, is an annual convention for Transformers fans and collectors. That makes sense. But uh, they had to make an award for, like, the best one, and it didn't just automatically go automatically to Optimus fucking Prime? Uh, let's <sighs> see. Okay, this link directs me to somewhere with the Wayback Machine. That's oh, great. Oh, good news. You have a virus now, okay. Jackson. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Okay, so here's a website from the year 2010. Oh, hell Which yeah. lists the Transformers Hall of Fame, which include... All just all Optimus of the Transformers? Prime, Megatron. Yeah. Starscream. Yeah. Bumblebee. Uh-huh. And um, who is Jazz? this man? Dinobot. Dinobot, yeah, he turns into a dino. He turns into a dino. So, just to be clear, they just named they just named the fucking Transformers. That would be like okay, (laughs) all of them. Power Rangers Hall of Fame, Red Ranger, (laughs) the Red Ranger, Blue Blue Ranger, Ranger. Yellow Ranger. It's like, uh, (laughs) yeah, uh huh. My Little Pony Hall of Fame, Twilight Sparkle. It's like, yeah, why? What is this award? What does this mean? Um, I'm obsessed with that new Transformers trailer. That movie looks like the biggest piece of shit I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> oh my god. Because, like, we all hated the Michael Bay Transformers movies. Yeah. That's fine. There's a little bit of a cult reappraisal going on, but, like, in general, you ask like, people about great. the Michael Bay Transformers movies, people aren't into it. Not great. The thing about yeah. those is that they're buck nuts insane. <laughs> yes. And they're pitched at an 11 100% of the time. And when they so objectively like, should not be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So they're like, okay, new Transformers. The last one was like too colorful and too energetic. We gave so for Optimus this one, Prime a sword and we no, should not have. <laughs> no colors, no energy. There's going to be a guy who's a gorilla. Uh, that's as far as we thought it through. <laughs> Cease to Fuck be the yeah. vibe. Fuck yeah. Okay, maybe I'll love it then. Maybe it'll be my favorite <laughs> no, it one. Looks, it looks like nothing, Adeline. Yeah. It looks Hell like... Yeah. It, does, it like least... a, does it look like a Disney live-action movie? Is that what it looks like? Yeah. It somehow looks worse than that. I'm, like, not even kidding. God, every time they show me a trailer of the new live-action Little Mermaid, I'm like, oh, that looks like it's gonna fucking not be fun and suck shit and also be yeah, ugly looks like the entire time. <laughs> gonna be bad it's gonna be always bad bad. they're always bad and i always hold out a hope that they're not gonna be bad and then they're always bad every single time okay here's the review that i have perfect good i'll try harder next time (laughs) for the movie that we've decided to do but bet me three weeks ago gave this movie one star and said Came because we've always loved M. Night Shyamalan movies. That's a promising start. Okay. Paid to go to the movie theater to watch it. This was utter garbage with liquid garbage dripped all over it. <laughs> Worst movie I've ever seen. Don't pay even $5 to see this on Prime. It's horrible. And one person found it helpful. <laughs> I like helpful. the idea of this person is a fan of M. Night Shyamalan. And then thought that this <laughs> one was weird. Presumably seen many other M. Night Shyamalan <laughs> movies and it was like, this is the worst movie I've ever seen. <laughs> they've seen the happening. I know that they've they have. Seen, they've seen After Earth, and they were like, actually, Knock at the Cabin is the number one it's worst the, movie. They watched The Visit. They watched that grandma put that kid in the oven, and they were like, actually, <laughs> this one is worse. Uh, so, hey. One person gave it three stars and said, this movie was deep. <laughs> Underlying message is powerful. And from reading the comments, most viewers are clueless. But they only gave it three stars. He, like it. he didn't get it either. Do better. Anyway. Do better. Um, Everybody else is stupid. And so anyway, I don't know uh, how much of that is going to be in the yeah, we'll actual see. final podcast. We'll but find out. You know what? This podcast is just for us. So, you know. It's just for us. So don't Maybe I'll cut it out and I'll it. make it a bonus app. <laughs> don't listen to yeah, it. Yeah, don't listen to allowed. this podcast. It's just for us. <laughs> Uh, anyway, my name is Jackson McMurray. My name is Adeline McMurray. And my name is Keija Rose. And this has been the Cool Takes Podcast. And we didn't decide what our next episode was going to be. We no, we didn't. To. And we no. said that we, we were going to. Well, stay yeah. frosty out there. <laughs> well, too bad about that. Keep it salty out there. <laughs> stay <Sleepless>. salty <laughs> out there. <laughs> cool. So what are we going to do? Uh,